Concordia University, Wisconsin and Mequon overlooks a half mile of beautiful Lake Michigan shoreline. CUW campus is located 15 miles north of Milwaukee with over 70 undergraduate majors, 28 graduate degree programs and doctorate programs in pharmacy, physical therapy, occupational therapy and nursing practice. CUW offers online learning and accelerated learning at one of nine Wisconsin centers and one in St. Louis. Traditional or accelerated education, CUW has the program for you. CUW.edu. Many of us look forward to the holidays, look forward to the uh, times to gather with family and friends, the, the times to gather to uh, give thanks to God for his gift of Jesus. God made flesh here for us, uh, who came for us, and, and doing that with many joyful and a, 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 a bright services, uh, church services, coming together as a congregation to give thanks to God for those gifts and celebrate those in, in song and, and, uh, and receiving his gifts. Uh, but what if this time of year, you or a loved one, someone you know, may be experiencing cancer and life looks a bit different? How do we approach that? What are some tips to help us through the holidays when experiencing cancer? Karen Tripp, founder and president of Cancer Companions, joining us on the phone now. Karen, welcome back. Great to be back, Andy. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure to talk with you, learning more about cancer. Uh, uh, how to care for others, um, how to uh, how to befriend, how to serve, how to care for others who are experiencing cancer, whether we're experiencing it ourselves or or loved ones. Cancer, uh, cancer companions. Tell us a little bit about the organization, um, the the work that Cancer Companions is doing around well around the world now. Yeah, thanks. Um, yeah, Cancer Companions is a nonprofit ministry where what we do is we go into churches and train volunteers how to start their own Christian cancer support groups. Uh, and also we started to branch out, and uh, we have um, cancer survivorship retreats now, too, Christian cancer survivorship retreats. So pretty fun. Great stuff. So if what can we do to offer support through the holidays to those who are experiencing cancer, whether it's our own loved ones um, or, or maybe someone we just know at, at a church or another connection? What can we do? Uh, to offer them support or to be understanding through the holidays? I think the number one most important thing is to stay connected. Um, At any season of the year, uh, we have a tendency when folks are coping with cancer to feel uh, befuddled, maybe is a good word for it, like we don't know what to do, we don't know how to reach out, we don't know how to stay connected and those type of things. Uh, And yet the reality is, is that the caregiver, as well as the person with the diagnosis, are such in a giant swarm of just doctor's appointments and medications and side effects and procedures and treatments and scans that they are not in a position to stay connected with the world around them. Uh, And so they they have a tendency to become very isolated, uh, which could be heartbreaking when you think that they need more connecting with people, not less. Uh, And so the holidays is a wonderful opportunity for people to be able to stay connected with folks that are going through this. What if uh, experiencing cancer ourselves, some of the, whether going through treatments or or post-treatment and the holidays are approaching, wanting to do all those fantastic things that that, uh, that we traditionally do every year on the holidays, family get-togethers or um, baking a billion cookies or, uh, or, or, 
presents for for friends, all those those family traditions or or work traditions that happen during the holidays. What are some things to consider uh, if we're going through treatment or maybe post treatment um, as these holidays approach? One of the most important things for folks that are coping with cancer, uh, and when I do say that, I really do mean caregivers as well as the folks with a diagnosis, is they have to have a sense of uh, spontaneity and flexibility uh, because cancer has a tendency to kind of rule what your day is going to be like. Uh, and so you may sit there and say, oh, yes, I am absolutely going to make it to the choir concert at church because that's one of my favorite things to be able to do, and I am not going to let anything get in the way of that. And yet the reality is, is until you wake up that day, you don't really know what kind of day that's going to be. Uh, And so being able to keep some flexibility around your plans. And then the second piece of that is to teach the people around you that that's what this Christmas is going to be about, that you're not going to be able to promise people, I'm going to be here, I'm going to do this, uh, until you find out how that day goes. And then you may get in the middle of it and you can't make it all the way through, and you have to leave. Um, The number one side effect of cancer treatments is fatigue. Uh, It doesn't matter what kind of treatment that you're having, almost universally you can count on, and I don't mean you get a little tired. Uh, When we're talking about fatigue and connection with cancer treatments, we're talking about I can't get up off the couch, Um, you know, that kind of um, fatigue that can happen to a person. And so You have to be open to what your body can and can't do, and you have to kind of educate the people around you, your loved ones, that that's the way this Christmas is going to be. Sure. Experiencing fatigue, as you mentioned, regardless of what treatments you're going through, that that, uh, is pretty common. And to sometimes we feel really ambitious, like, oh, we can do it, or I can do it, I'll just make sure that I, I sleep plenty the night before. But it doesn't always work that way. Um, and, and so we, we find ourselves in this conundrum. I really want to do all these things. How do I, how do I make it work? I know that I'm not going to have enough energy to do it. Or, or it, it, we, not just attending things, uh, attending events and, and social gatherings, things like that, but also the preparations that come with it, whether it's decorating or gifts or, mm-hmm. or food, uh, you know, preparing uh, baking cookies or whatever it might be. Uh, all those things that maybe were the, the, the key figure in the family that handles all those things typically. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. And, uh, and I think that there's, um, you know, people that are givers, people that are caretakers as a role in their life, right? But that's mm-hmm. what they do is they, they plan and they take care of other people. When they become the person with a diagnosis, it can be a really difficult to understand that that role has to be shifted. It's not totally given up, but it has to be shifted some in order to be able to endure the cancer journey. Uh, and the holidays kind of brings that to a focal point. And so I think it's important for the person as well as for the family as a whole to find ways that, that those people can still end up giving. You know, maybe perhaps instead of um, being attending events, you end up bringing the grandkids over one afternoon and the person with the diagnosis just reads Christmas stories to them. You know, or they sit around and they watch a movie together instead of going to see the kids perform. The other issue that has to do with Christmas events is immune systems. Um, a lot of people in, are in different phases of their treatment where the doctors are telling them that they need to not be around crowds. 
Uh, and so that can be a complication where we need more, once again, flexibility around the holidays and our planning. Certainly something to take into consideration when we're thinking about why someone might not have made it to our party as well. They may not have been forthright in saying they can't come because they they, they can't be around crowds, but uh, certainly something to be mindful if someone declines an invitation this time of year as well. Exactly, exactly. And really trying to be able to find things that fit into the places that they're at like now. Where, like I'm saying, like being able to sit around and watch a, a Christmas movie together, being able to, if it's somebody that enjoys ball games, you know, there's still ball games, basketball and things that are on this season. And so finding ways that you can still stay connected, but you can do it in such a way um, that doesn't end up um, creating as much fatigue if that's needed. And then also uh, the other piece of the puzzle is not, you know, I, I don't want to swing the pendulum totally the other, other way. I don't want people to feel like, oh, my gosh, well, I can't ask people that are struggling with cancer to do X, Y, or Z um, because they're so tired all the time. Mm-hmm. You need to still give them the choice. You need to still give them the invite because the invite still means so much, doesn't it? And so we want to be able to let people make their own call, let them be their own experts about their cancer journey, and to be able to say, yes, I can do this today, or I'm going to try, and if I have to leave in the middle, everybody just needs to know that's okay, because I'm still glad I got what I got. What about caring for the caregiver through the holidays? Mm. That's immense. Um, I think people have a huge misunderstanding of how much the caregivers need to be able to be cared for. Um, There's so many things that are going on with a person with cancer that nobody can take care of except for just that primary caregiver. You know, there's one person on a cancer journey typically who knows, um, I know the, you know, this is what the side effects are. These are what the medications they need. I know this is what they need to be eating and how much they need to be resting and et cetera, et cetera. Um, But there's so many things that need to be taken care of that other people can help with. Other people can help with decorating the tree. Other people can help mm-hmm. with walking the dog and cleaning the bathroom and changing the sheets on the bed and taking the car uh, to get its oil changed and et cetera. You know, so there's becomes these things that we can do that may not be helping them to be able to cure cancer in the person's body, but we're hoping that it ends up relieving the stress on the caregiver so that the caregiver can care more for the person with the diagnosis. For family, friends of someone with a diagnosis, thinking about gifts for, you know, we, we like to give Christmas gifts. Many of us do like to give Christmas gifts. Someone with a, a cancer diagnosis that, um, uh, that, that appears to be terminal and, and thinking about, you know, what's a meaningful gift that I can give at Christmas this time of, you know, for this time of year for Christmas for someone who, whose outlook is uh, perhaps... Um, well, the, their diagnosis is terminal, so their outlook may not seem as as bright. I think there's two things that kind of come to mind. Uh, one is, and uh, this is something that I just really have promoted off and on for years, and I actually had a friend who was coping with a cancer diagnosis, and one of the, a very serious one, and part of what she did was she ended up doing a Bible study on heaven. But she sat down and she just really started to dig in to be able to see, well, where is this place? What is this thing that I'm so frightened of, right? And I think that there is such peace that can end up coming from focusing on our true home mm-hmm. and that can end up coming while we're going through um, facing terminal issues, whether that's, once again, for the loved ones or for the person with the diagnosis. Um, the other thing in terms of concrete gifts 
um, I think also could end up having to do with um, memento things, things that are passed down for generations, things of, do you remember when we went to such and such place together and having pictures or photo albums or gifts in those kind of ways, those become so much more valuable so that people can connect with their legacy is a way to think of it. And so any gift that kind of connects them with the legacy that they're going to be leaving behind um, just becomes priceless. Mm. Gifts that, uh, that uh, of time and, and shared time together and uh, mm-hmm. memories uh, that help pass on that legacy. Yes, yes, absolutely. And if you think about that, you think about when we have lost our loved ones, you know, and they're gone, mm-hmm. what treasures those things are, you know. And so um, I remember one time shopping at Christmas time with my grandmother. She wasn't ill at the time, but she was already in her 90s. And I ended up seeing a nativity set that I was going to end up buying for my brother's uh, kids. And she said, no, don't get that. Let me get it. I'm like, Grandpa's, I can buy this. And she's like, no, you don't understand. I want them to have things that came from Granny Liz, you know. Mm -hmm. And so that was a huge, a huge lesson for me of just being able to understand that even in those small ways, we still give legacies, right? Mm, Absolutely. Karen, any other tips or things we might find at cancer-companions.org? Is that right? Yes. Well, we have a very special section on our blog that I've put together and actually have bought a new URL for it. It's called christmasisbiggerthancancer.com. So it's christmasisbiggerthancancer.com. And in there, um, the Lord's kind of led me. I have a whole collection of prayers just for people that are coping with cancer during the holidays. There's also Christian songs that I think really resonate for folks this time of year uh, that are on their cancer walk. Uh, There's devotionals. There's all kinds of things. Um, I think that people with cancer have a tendency to wake up at 3 in the morning, get on the Internet, and read stuff they shouldn't be reading. And so at cancer-companions.org, especially in our blog section, we try to put all of that good, good, good stuff that they need to be reading. So, Karen Tripp, founder and president of Cancer Companions, cancer-companions.org. Thanks so much, Karen, for your tips. Oh, no problem, Andy. Thanks for calling. Thank you. Coming up in just a little bit, some one-on-one time with my friend Mary Schmidt. Manager of Development here at Worldwide KFUO. We have some thank yous to share this morning. You're listening to Faith and Family on the Messenger of Good News Worldwide KFUO. Faith and Family is a production of KFUO Radio. Christ for you, anytime, anywhere, since 1924. Text the letters KFUO to 41444 to join the legacy with your tax-deductible gift.